Hello and welcome back to Thirst World Problems. And if you're a new listener, thank you for checking out our show. So glad to have you with us. What we do around here at Thirst World Problems is we like to kick off the show with a drink of the week. But before we get into that, so what you're going to see around here is a little bit of changes. We're going to give you a quick breakdown of what to expect throughout the show. Then I'm going to hit you with a drink of the week before we kick off the show and hop into one of our segments. Now, that's not the only changes you're going to see. We are trying to combine both an audio-only podcast with some new video visuals. So what we're going to try to do is direct you towards our social media, our website, for some of the visual content that's associated with some of the things that we may be talking about on the podcast itself. As time goes by, we'll get a lot smoother, a lot cleaner at doing that and making sure that you understand exactly what we're referencing and where you can find it. But early on, you know, we might be a little rough around the edges. As always on Thirst World Problems, we are super transparent with what we're attempting to do. And we thrive on the support and the feedback that we get from you, our listener. So please, 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 if there's any questions, concerns, comments, topics, cool ideas, even better, that come up, please send them our way. We're going to let you know throughout the episode how you can reach us, where you can reach us, and all that fun stuff. But I don't want to take up too much of your time before we get into things. So just know that today on this kickoff episode... We're going to be talking a little bit of the Paul Pierce situation. We're going to be talking about the passing of DMX. And you know we're going to be helping you solve one of your thirst world problems. So sit back, relax, and let's get our drink of the week. Well, no real break here. Uh, we're just going to hop in and go nice and quick into the drink of the week. This one is a weird one. I won't lie. This one had me scratching my head wondering what we were doing and if this was actually going to work out. But as you can tell on our social media, see what I did there, as well as coming soon to our website, you can check out our reaction video of this drink. What this drink is, I'm not sure what the name of it is or what it will be once Nick gets a chance to name it, but this is a drink from Nick's childhood. So this drink combines, and this is where you're going to freak out, this drink combines cream soda and milk. Yes, that's right. You heard me correctly. This drink combines cream soda and milk. Now, before you freak out and delete this podcast forever, trust me, this drink actually turned out being way better than it sounds. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to mix two parts cream soda to one part milk. And to be honest with you, it's better taking in small doses. So either a small little cup or maybe even just take it as a shot. And what we did is we mixed in a little rye, but you could also mix in a little tequila because it's very reminiscent for all you old timers out there of a strawberry cream tequila liqueur called Baja Rosa. So any of you that remember that, this is basically essentially what you are creating. So two parts cream soda, one part milk, mix them together, add your alcohol as you so desire, sit back, take a shot, have a sip, and you will be amazed. Now, even better, it still tastes delicious, like a nice strawberry milkshake if you want to go the non-alcoholic route. So this is a nice, easy drink that you can try without being too heavily invested. And you're not going to be drinking tons of these throughout the night because it's very sweet and very creamy, which is normally a bad combination. But it is definitely worth a try and a great way to freak out some of your friends when they come over looking for a drink. As you know... We are here to help you drink better and to help you drink responsibly. And now we're going to get to the part where we give you some great conversations to enjoy while you're doing it. Only one thing left to say. Theme song!
That won't get annoying, trust me. Welcome to the Thirst World Problems Podcast, where we talk about drinks, current events, music, and more. Now, here's your host, Nick Dugall, and his panel of experts, B, Bell, and the infamous Doc. This is Bell coming at you from behind the mic on Thirst World Problems, and today we have a little something new. Mixed with a little something old. So we're refreshing what we normally do to kick off an episode here with our Thirst World Problems. Last season, we tried to solve some issues that you guys would send in asking us about the drink. We're not bartenders or mixologists or distillers or brewers, but we do enjoy the drink. So... What we are trying to do here on Thirst World Problems help you guys out with some of the issues that uh, you may have that are drink-related or drink-adjacent. So we'll still do a little bit of that, as well as we're going to try to introduce you to some uh, drinks that are either, uh, you know, have a little bit more of a cultural impact or that might uh, be a drink that uh, has some kind of meaning to one of us. Did you just say we're not mixologists or drink specialists or anything like that? Oh, I said we're drink enthusiasts, and that uh, I don't think that can be denied. But a mixologist? No, I don't got any chops when it comes to... Speak for yourself. <laughs> don't, don't speak on my behalf here. Well, you got to start mixing some drinks around here then. Thirstologists. Eh? Follow thirstologists. That's all I got to say. Thirstologist. Yep. There, there you go. IG? No, MySpace. <laughs> Guys, just a wreck today. Hey, what a wreck today. Yeah, All over the place. I'm just on. trying to help you get the right platform, man. IG. Anyways. No email. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to forward a newsletter to everyone. AOL online. Man. AOL online. Yeah, yeah. I'll, Beat up on the old guy. I'll I got you. I got you. <laughs> Record that VHS on that Maxell. The Maxell VHS. You guys want, you remember getting those AOL CDs? Oh, yeah, Col- internet? Columbia yeah. Records, uh, only for a penny. You'll get <laughs> twelve CDs, CDs, man. Twelve CDs for a penny. <laughs> that's the, ridiculous. The next one is $30, but that's okay. You take that first twelve. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Anyways, like we were saying here, our goal here with the Thirst World Problem is to try to introduce you to a new drink that uh, has a cultural impact or has some kind of meaning to us from our childhood. Last week, we took a look at cream soda and milk. Nick introduced us to that, and that was a scary prospect anyways, but you can go on, you can check out the video, see what we were talking about there, and it actually ended up being delicious. So staying with that same theme, what we're going to try to help you guys do is one of the biggest problems that comes up is choosing that right bottle and getting that right, that mix. So we've got a little bit of a value play here. We've got two sets of whiskey here. We've got one of our go-to whiskeys, and what would you say one of our go-to whiskeys is, boys? I couldn't even tell you. What, what is it? Crown. The Crown? There you go. So we, one of these is Crown, and the other is a new bottle. Is that what's in here, Crown? I think these bottles are Crown. Mm, that was holy water, but go ahead. <laughs> right? So we got Crown, and we've got a new bottle. I'm not going to tell you which is which in your cups there, and we're going to take a look, and uh, we're just going to have Come some on, straight man. sips here and see if we can to? figure out uh, on, which man. is which. I hope you get it. I hope you get it, so... So this may help you out. Do you guys want any hints here? Nope. Oh, I don't need any hints. Let's make it happen. I can do it looking at it. All right. So Cheers. let's take uh, take the big one then, I guess, you guys. Which oh. one's the big one? Well, the glasses are different sizes here. Oh, so. the bigger glasses. Yeah, bigger glasses. Take the bigger glasses. <laughs> the big one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a sip of the bigger glasses. Swirl around. Let it hit There you. she is. And now let's take a sip from the other glass there. No, that's not Crown Royal. Oh, 
that one is. It's your art. You had a little bit of the eyes going there. So what did you think of? Uh, it's actually burning my gums. That's actually, <laughs> not, that's actually not bad, the second one. Okay, so what did you think of the first one? First one was too watered down. First one was too watered down. You said that was you'd be saying that's the crown. What do you think about the second one? Second one is like straight something, straight crown, straight crown. Then you said no, that, no, that's too. Li- that second one's second. too light to be crown. They're both crown. No, one's just watered down. They're both crown. <laughs> it's not a pop test. No, so <laughs> one of them is crown. <laughs> the guy's just trying to make his own show. Man. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is crown, <laughs> and the other is centennial. Have you guys tried centennial on its own before? Centennial concert hall. <laughs> yeah, I've been there a couple times, like here and there. Like nothing too crazy. It's not all of the keys or anything, but I went there when um, <laughs> Cats was there. I'm gonna go see Cats. <laughs> Centennial Canadian Rye Whiskey. And now I'm trying them to see if I can tell the difference. It's not bad. It's still kind of burning me up. It's actually not too bad. You know what that means, right? When it's burning, you got a lot of germs. Quality. <laughs> <laughs> Just burning up all the germs, eh? It's killing all the germs. So your big glass <laughs> was your Crown Royal. Yep. Smaller glass was a Canadian Centennial Whiskey. And on a scale of 1 to 10, how would they compare? Man, I like that Centennial. It's shots-wise, that's actually pretty good, man. I like yeah, it. It's not bad. It's yeah, not like it's, I thought it's it was smooth. Bad. I don't like it. You didn't like it, eh? I might as well... Well, you thought they were both crowned, so. <laughs> did you find no, it? I, <laughs> did you, was it the burn that you didn't like? Like, did you find it was yeah, burned? Yeah. I didn't like the burn. Fair hey, enough. Maybe I should just brush my teeth. Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> you already. Germs. Well, you, know, you know what they say well, about you're that? Clean, it's the right? germs. That means, right? You're, you don't have many, like, germs and, like, you know, stuff in your body, so. You're, you're good. Me and Bell are feeling that because we just got just, I don't know what's inside <laughs> this body, man. Let's put it that way. So. Bottle-wise, it's about a $10 difference, but I don't think, me personally, I don't see that there's that much of a drop in quality or value there. I mean, there is a difference between the Crown and the Centennial for sure, but I don't mind, like, especially to switch it up and have something a little bit different. The Crown's definitely better, though. Like, this is this is the issue with stuff like this is that tastes good in a quick drink or something. You can't drink that all night. You're... Like, you can already tell the next day. You drink this all that all night, that Centennial. You wake up the next day, you, you can't move. It's right? going to hit your heart. Yeah, let's put it. Like, you can tell. The reason it kind of grabs you, it's it's not like a it's not like a high-quality grab. It's kind of like a dirty, like. Yeah, this is pretty much like, you know? like a, if you're at your lowest point in life. <laughs> <laughs> that is giving it no credit at all. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think he's not giving credit to it. I think he's just bolstering, like. Crown's position, you know, more than anything, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be very honest. This drink, it hits, but I mean, like, at this point in life, do you want something that just hits you, or do you want to get something where you can enjoy it and have more and more and more? And I think that's where the success of Crown is. Because with this, I couldn't get another one. I could never have another one of this. You're talking about drinking it straight. Just in general. If you go, hey, man, do you want another one? I'd be like, no. And you can tell this is not going to mix. This is not going to mix well. I can kind of tell. It's too strong to mix. You're you're going to get knocked out. Fair enough. Fair with enough. With this, with the crown, you can probably have four, five easy, nice, smooth ones, and you'll be okay to skateboard home, right? So. <laughs> and not to say crown some crazy quality, or right. it's just right in that middle point, right? It's that average kind of. It's in my DNA. For me, I found that the Centennial has a little bit more of a. Has a little bit of a different flavor, almost a little bit sweeter. 
the end, and maybe that's why I'm a little bit uh, partial to it. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a pass. I'm sweeter. thinking. Yeah, to me, it tastes a little bit sweeter, almost like. Have you recently know, like, got your COVID shot? <laughs> well, you have a lot of sugar, kind of in your in your body as <laughs> as it is. Right? So. But uh, yeah, it's almost caramelly to me. I don't know. Don't you keep some sugar under your tongue for later? <laughs> Save it for when I need that little <laughs> extra bit of sweetness. But it's interesting. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, you uh, must have sweetener packets underneath that. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. B <laughs> I got, those cheeks are so puffy. Man. B got it off the bat. B decided what crowd was crowd was it. You said they were both crowd. So, so I thought, <laughs> I thought one was a different type of crowd. That was before you tasted it, though. <laughs> no, that was after. That was after. Yeah. yeah. I like you. Good defense. Thank, thank you for defending boy. me, though. <laughs> yeah, right? He's loyal friend. Loyal well, I know friend. crown when I see it. I, I know crown when I see it from 100 meters away. Let's put it that way. All right. I'm giving it, I'm giving it a pass, but uh, Nick, what's your verdict? Um... No. Fair enough. And B. It depends what it is. I'll give it a pass if it's just let's take one shot of this or pass. But you, you can't be you can't drink that all night. You're gonna you're doing honestly, you might be doing irreparable harm to your body. <laughs> right? Like your liver, your you know, that he, those headaches, the headache the next morning, you're you're not going to like it. Oh. <laughs> You're not going to like it. <laughs> you, don't, you can't skateboard home. <laughs> you can't skateboard home. It's a hard, it's a hard uphill battle to, uh, to face when you drink very heavily. <laughs> can't do it anymore, man. That's why I... Uh, it's like I a mountain that, to climb, man. man. You wake up, you got to know the steps. It's like, okay, I got to get so up. So then now no, you're going for quality over quantity B, you at this understand. point, right? I think, I think you still got a few years left in you that you can do it. There's a certain point when you hit 30. I can't tell you where everyone's body is different, but there's a certain point where you just can't recover properly. And this year, 2021 is me. Okay. I, I couldn't kick out. So you're going, you're going away from like having like six or seven. You're going down to having two or three good well, drinks. Well, I've never had six or seven. That's very disgusting, but. I've, I've normally, I've normally done three to four. Okay, so now what are you down? One or two now? I'll probably do one or two now. Okay, and this is only one and a half, so I still got another, <laughs> another half in me. So. Um, we won't get what happened previously recording. All right, I got you. We just talked about some of our pop culture influences, and sadly, we're at a time where one of the, can we say greatest rappers? Is he one of the greatest? Definitely one of the greatest rappers. One of the time. greatest rappers, a legend in any means. DMX has passed away at the age of 50 due to a heart attack that caused some brain damage due to a overdose, which I think is safe to say, or the information will be coming out soon. In any regard, one of the greatest of all time. And I know, Nick, you had a special connection to DMX, at least uh, DMX. coming up. What are some of your key DMX memories here? I think for me growing up, again, with two older brothers, they were all about guys that transitioned from late 80s, early 90s, those rappers. I think this was a new phase for Def Jam. A lot of these rappers like LL Cool J, you know, your Warren G's, all those guys, you know, Public Enemy, Beastie Boys, those guys who were with Def Jam were kind of fading out in that roster, right? Because they were bigger, but it seems like they weren't catching up to what was happening to, to hip-hop in general. Because hip-hop always evolves every five years, right? And I think this was the, the breaking point where 
Def Jam was at its lowest because they had to drop all these guys. These guys weren't really they were, but they they weren't making the money, right? You had Reasonable Doubt by Jay-Z that was out. It wasn't as big as it is now. People appreciate it a lot more. A guy like DMX, Irv Gotti actually got DMX into Def Jam. Irv Gotti was basically, you know, one of the guys from uh, Murder, Inc., but he brought him in, and DMX was like, you know, first year, this guy had two number one albums, man, which was kind of unheard of. I don't think it's been done, man, since I, I could be wrong on this. Two albums in the same year is crazy. Two albums in the same year, number one. They both went platinum. Amazing albums. His first one, I still play to this day. Unreal, man. And DMX brought, he brought a lot of people in. You know, you had the producing of uh, Swiss Beats. Definitely one of the top hip-hop producers. You know, you had Eve. Eve was on top of her game. You had the Locks. You had a lot of guys that they brought in, Jada Kiss and all these guys, right? So, but with DMX, I think what he was about was he just loved people. In the end, you know, his prayers, etc. Some of you might not relate to it. I know, I know I couldn't to that part, but doesn't mean I didn't like him as, as an artist, right? DMX did was he he broke barriers. I think he changed he changed a lot of hip hop. And he was it was going into the right direction, I think. It it changed everyone's styles, it changed everyone's motives on how to be a certain rapper. He tried bringing old rappers uh, with him, right? Trying to, you know, for when it comes to tracks. But uh, DMX, honestly, I think to be like a really, really legendary artist, you got to be in double digits when it comes to uh, tracks, right? You got to have more than, I think, two albums that are number one. You can't just be this, you know, this era is a little bit different because everything is more just tracks rather than albums. I feel like, but with him, his album from front to back was just unreal. Well, it was crazy for to, if you look at an artist like DMX, like especially like you're saying, like when he first came out, he was hard, raw, fire, and then to see him transition and have that commercial success is absolutely insane. You hear a track like "Party Up" being played in every kind of movie and television show. And people recognize DMX from that, like that gruff voice. And it's not just, oh, only the hardcore rap heads know about this. No, it passes hip hop to where it's in pop culture. And that's, I find that to be surprising because when he first came out, like that was a, my main connection point to it. Like for basketball and the guys I was playing basketball with at the time, that album came out. Album? Uh, the first one. And everyone was like, okay. Okay, this is this is not bad. And then they got to what is it? Blood of my blood. When that one hit, like that was our our anthems, and we pulled everything off of that. And that's how, whenever we were together, that's the tr- CD that always went in. Like any car that we were going to, any of the games, like that's the CD that's that went in. And that's how I got really tight with those guys. And I won't lie, they were my main influence for that music at that time and it's still something that like whenever we're together that's one of the ones that goes in i remember having his tape of it's dark and hell is hot his <laughs> tape man sick it's crazy <laughs> tape, <man. laughs> his tape buddy the intro like his first track the intro still to this day on my playlist it's the best thing ever Mike Tyson used to walk out to it. Bro, it's it's the best workout song you could ever have. It's the most hype shit you'll ever hear in your life. It's just it's just unreal. He's one of those pulse guys, right? Like 
in every genre of anything, there's always there's always kind of a reset. Like Nick was saying, you know, every five to ten years, rap and hip hop kind of changes, and you know, he was that that kind of guy who injected more life into it, right? Like, like for example, some of the guys that have done that in the early '90s, right? You know, Nas, Jay Z, right? Tupac, Biggie, DMX. After that, say like a Fifty Cent, right? Injected a lot of life back into hip hop. Kanye West did it. Then Lil Wayne did it. Then you have the Drakes, and now we're, you know, now it's going to kind of the, you know these newer guys and what. Obviously, you know, it is what it is. But it's there's always kind of an injection. And and DMX, when you look back, he did that. The aggressive kind of, you know, introspective. You hear him in uh, interviews and stuff like that. A lot of people just think he's rambling and stuff like that. And sometimes he is, but then there's some things that he says that are like, holy shit, like, okay, like that makes a lot of sense, right? So it's, you know, some of his songs like, you know, Let Me Fly and like, you know, play them all the time, right? And it's, he's, you know, you guys have a different connection, right, than I would have with him, right? But I'm more of a casual DMX fan, but like, I know what he did for, you know, that era and what he did for you know, the genre in total. So it's, it's, it's sad, man. It's, but it's, it's what they, that kind of good die young situation sometimes. Right. But that's the reason why I like him as much as I do. And you said it right there, that introspective part of it where he gave you the darkness, but he also let you in on some of the light. Like it was raw, pure, but he also always gave you that other side of things. So you had tracks like ready to meet him. You had tracks like slipping where he'd always X is coming, right? Like he'd tell you about his life and let you into slipping. Oh man. Yeah. Let you into the dark side of it. And for me, I think slipping is my favorite. I think that's my favorite. Don't put the Slipping. G. Don't they put get the rid of the G. G. All right, I got you. I think that's my favorite. He's such a G, though. I wanted to throw it in there, but he's that was I, that was a good one. That was a good. <laughs> 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 Gonna add the sound effect, but uh, for me, that's my favorite kind of track where it's still hard, but it also lets you into what people are going oh, he's through a and thinking. Right? When that's and that's my favorite thing. I don't know, Nick. What about you? What's one of your uh, favorite tracks? I know it's gonna be hard to pick one, but. It's actually one of his recent ones. He did one with the locks. It's, it's a good track. I'll, uh, I'll I'll bust it out on social media there. But um, that intro, Get At Me Dog, was good. I Miss You with Faith Evans. That was a crazy track. Even that Cisco, What These Bitches <laughs> Want, man. Fuck, that was crazy. I really liked that Damien, too. Was Damien was good. Damien was Stop a good Being track. Greedy, man. Like, he had so many just different styles and just, and, and just went at it. You guys got to realize... At one point, right, he saved Def Jam, right? Like, back to what I was talking about, the transition from all these guys leaving or just not doing anything or being so big where they couldn't afford him. Def Jam couldn't afford him because that was their blessing and curse at the same time, right? They wanted a fresh new, you know, look, what's going on with Jay-Z. DMX blew up. Luckily, that, that company made them money, right? They made each other money. Then they started getting other people, right? Jay-Z was still around. It was basically him and Jay-Z just kind of going neck and neck. And then, you know, you're hitting the 2000s where he's the biggest name in, in hip-hop, man, right? He's one of the biggest names that you couldn't you, you couldn't put without anyone else. He was on that list no matter what. Yeah, who would be, who would be there? It would be DM, like early, like 01, like... You know, DMX for sure, Jay Z. 
Oh, that was the Eminem. thing. Like it went beyond hip hop though. Like you remember seeing that, or maybe you're pulling it up, that Woodstock uh, picture where like he performed at Woodstock and it was insane the crowd that he well, looks had. looks like he's performing he to half, half of the world, right? Well, he, he headlined it and it was insane, especially at that time and the type of rapper that he was. Right, like that's what blew Especially my mind. Especially looking is back, crossover you know, deal, back man. to then, it's you know now we see that because you know rappers and and, and hip hop is really one of the main genres now, right? But back then, it was a it was a niche, right? If you knew, you knew. Hundred percent, man. But but he still headlined that show with, you know, like you look in the crowd, it looks like it's half the world is there, right? Absolutely. There's no ending on the on that crowd, and he, to, for him to be. The headline wearing, you know, nothing but just like jean overalls <laughs> and like half of it down and being that raw guy. Like it's, he crosses spectrums, right? It's, it's unbelievable, man. Yeah, Max, man. Oh, I won't even lie. That was one of my first, not one of my first drinks. That was my first drink was to a DMX song. Really? Yeah, I waited. Oh, that's into, a story, man. Uh, well, Tell that story. It, no, it's not. It's nothing too too in depth. I just waited uh, until I graduated before I had a drink. Yo, did I not say Rough Riders anthem? You did, man. Holy fuck! Well, that's that's you, did you. You say that without saying that, though. I can't believe I I can't believe I missed out on it, right? Rough yeah, man. Riders like Adam. like like realistically, you know, he was doing stuff that got him that got him gold right off the bat, man, and it was crazy. Nowadays, it takes a while for people to get gold. I think, um, what, what's the most recent song that I just heard that just got gold? Uh, that Tyler Hero song. He just got it. How long has that song been out? Over a year or two now? So it took you that long to get that while this guy did it within like six months. You know it, was, I mean? it was a different breed, man. It was a different breed. That's yeah, but, why but I getting waited, music, man. But getting music on your phone now is so much easier than you going out and getting it. So you're getting one album, this person's playing it how many times? I think we kind of look at things so differently now, but yeah, from 2004, he was already on his fifth album. He was pumping out music like crazy, man, like crazy. And the crazy part about this was he was actually supposed to come out with that new album produced by Swiss. Well, that's unfortunate, man. I yeah. wish I wish that was. And you know what? They probably will still get released probably in part or hopefully in whole. But that's one of the things. And that's what I mean, though, is such an impact on so many different things. And you're asking about that story real quick. All it was was waited until that graduation night. We were driving out to a cabin after, so I stayed sober until we got out there. And then that's, uh, that's crazy. Poured the two screwdrivers, told him to put on party up, and that was that was the start of it. And the rest is uh You history, said that like you said, said to put that on? Yeah. Oh yeah. I had it queued up. That's I knew dope. what I was gonna do that's that. Dope. Night, you man. knew you knew how the how the dominoes were gonna fall Listen, that man, day, It was right? turn up time and tell me that's not one of the biggest turn up songs ever. Like it is still played every time people are turning up. So. And and not many people know about this, but DMX actually signed a contract with Def Jam again in like I think it was last year or two years ago. And again, like I said, he was trying to put that album out. He was trying to bring back uh one of his actually like hit it wasn't he's not a hidden producer. But he's one of his guys that he stuck from the beginning. His name it wasn't Swiss Beats. Swiss Beats was is the normally the main name that you hear associated with DMX. The other guy's name is Dame Grease. Dame Grease, basically just same area. Guy did a lot of uh, production on other artists, Locks, a lot of New York artists, right? So he's he's one of the guys that was actually working on that album. I think this album is going to come out very soon. They got to do it. 
right? You got to do it one last time, especially if it's for his family and stuff. Right, so that's the thing. They're going to do it. But I mean, like, if you're going to put it on a big label, like Def Jam again, it's going to be highly produced, right? It's not going to be like an indie. So, R.I.P. DMX. Rest in peace, man. Rest in paradise. We are here at Thirst World Problem Studio, and we're getting ready to cut it up and jump right into a topic here. We're going to throw it to our NBA analyst, my boy B, and we're going to start talking about... Is that official now? I think that is, that you were lobbying for that for a while, wasn't it? I was lobbying, but I think Nick has to say, he, he's he got to say too, he's he's up there in the NBA realm, so I don't know, maybe maybe I'll just take, take it and run, but... Heavy you know. as the head that wears the crown, my friend. True that. So NBA this week and last week, Paul Pierce situation. What are you guys saying about that? I want to really want to know, Bell, especially you, what you think about this. Because I want to know kind of what your perspective is on it. So are you, what did you think? First of all, what happened? What happened with our Well, the big thing is, is he's, I guess he was at a party. I don't think it, it was either his house or another, someone else's house. But essentially, you know, he's... You know, he's smoking, strippers in the back, right? That kind of thing on IG Live. So, you know, there's a lot of people now that are like, well, he wasn't doing anything criminal or he wasn't doing anything illegal, which, you know, is, is very true. But, you know, I have my own opinion on that as well. Um, but he got let go from ESPN, you know, a couple of days later. You know, obviously, some people think it's obvious why he got let go. Some people some people don't. But that's that's mainly the gist of it. And... Yeah, but there's kind of an argument now of should he have got should he have gotten let go or should he have stayed? So fair enough, fair enough. I think you represent the company when you're a public figure like that, right? I think it was in the end he can argue that hey man, like I'm just it's my life, I can do whatever I want with it, right? But there was no representation of ESPN on it. But the only thing he had was on him is basically he would go on live TV, right? So he's a personality, and I think that's one of the biggest things. Um, why you got let go? Hey, man, if if that's how he wants to live his life, so be it. He's gonna get. He's probably gonna make more money than he probably makes at ESPN. He's probably gonna make. He probably makes like what a mil or two at ESPN. Then again, ESPN gets rid of so many people, but yet you keep guys like Richard Jefferson and. Paul Pierce and, you know, boring guys on, on that panel. That <laughs> nobody cares, right? Jalen Rose at one point was great, but I think, like, I think it just got stale. So the whole the whole crew is just – it's just a really stale uh, environment. I think they're, they're trying to copy kind of TNT. You really can't copy that, but they're trying to make it seem very, you know, up-to-date – when it comes to things, but it just doesn't work out. The, the people that they have, it's too mixed. Like, Scottie Pippen's great, but listening to him, I just want to fucking fall asleep. He's very one-set-minded. He's, like, cutthroat. No, this is just, this is it, and that's it. And well, you, there's a reason why they're called TV personalities. Well, that's but, it. But 90% don't have a personality. Well, do you think that he would be let go <laughs> if he was working for a different company? Like what? Let's say, well, let's go start with TNT. Oh, yeah. Could he have got away with it, or would he have gotten fired no, at TNT? I think he would have got fired. Well, I'm, I'm sure it depends on the rules, right? There's probably strict rules of, like, hey, social media guidelines, stuff like that. Obviously, ESPN probably has social media guidelines, but it's either he did it so he can leave. He probably just didn't care anymore. And that's what I think it that's is. One, that's one 
kind of theory floating around, yeah. Like, think about what it is, what he did. So he filmed everything. It didn't get leaked. This isn't some crazy scandal or anything like that. He went on live. He filmed everything, put it out there. And then the next day, he didn't apologize for anything. Like, he wasn't showing any kind of horse. What does he, what does he have to apologize for? Well, that's my point, though. If you're talking about a moral clause and accidentally did this or that, if he thought he did something wrong, he would apologize for it, right? My point is the fact that he didn't do any of that stuff. He went on and kind of, like, affirmed what he did. It wasn't an accident on his part. So, yeah, he put it out there. He wanted it to be seen, and he knew what... He has to know what you're doing when you're filming anything, right? He didn't. He doesn't just normally film any other party or anything else that he did. He put it out there. Like you said, just living his life, and he's fine by that. He's not hurt at all by getting let go from ESPN. Again, that's, and that's what he's right? putting out there, right? So he's telling us he's not hurt by it and whatnot, but that doesn't mean that he wasn't hurt by it. That's just what he, the perception he's giving off. So it could be very well that he's just embarrassed, right? It could be. Like if he's embarrassed by it, he's like, oh, man, I'm just going to say this and this. Because it's to me, it's it's very it's very hard to believe that, you know, an ex-NBA player would do that to lose, let's be honest, like, essentially free money, right? Because you come on there, like, obviously there might be some show prep and stuff, but a lot of the stuff, you know, Paul Pierce is saying on these shows is is coming off the dome because of his, you know, his, his career and what he knows and what he knows about basketball. So it's very hard for me to believe that, you know, unless he has like a contract dispute or they maybe they already wanted to get rid of him, that's maybe something. But it's very hard for me to believe that he just out of nowhere just didn't want to do this for hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. Well, I, can't, I don't believe that. Well, if you look at the money even, like from his perspective, he's made 70 mil from his basketball career. Who knows about endorsements? You, you did that net worth uh, search <laughs> you out had there. To. I did the net worth search <laughs> out. That was exactly the right? number. I appreciate it. Who knows what from endorsements or whatnot. Then you know this one too. He just sold his house. And Millie? Yeah, he bought it for six, sold it for whatever. So that already is a $3 million job. $3 yeah. million is enough for, well, not you, you're yeah, young what, what does this have to do with for, him, for work? him just posting a video? I don't understand. What's the well, reason he would post that video? Well, that's, it, for sure it does. We're just saying that he would be like the loss of it, sticking to the strict moral cause or moral whatever that they put in front of you is, is an issue. And he said he might be hurt by losing his job or whatnot. So from a financial standpoint, he's not going to be hurt from that at all. So that's not one of those things that's going to keep the check and balances. He's not doing it for the money at that point is what I'm saying. So is he really into getting up and putting in, like we said, show prep, even if it's minimal, doing that kind of stuff when he could be doing whatever else that he wanted to do, plus doing some of the stuff, like putting that video out at a a group like Barstool or even probably like DAZN or something would be love to get their hands on Paul Pierce. There's probably a bunch of outlets that, like you said, there wasn't any nudity. It wasn't anything crazy that he was doing besides drinking and smoking being on there. So will other networks not hire him? I, I don't I, think I, they will. I don't, I, I don't see it. You don't need a network anymore. There's no There's no need for that. you got to realize there's so much more platforms than a network, right? That's. I think that's just old thinking. It's kind of like ratings. Oh, the ratings are so low. No. So, but why go out like that, though, Nick? Why don't, why don't you just... Why don't you just say, hey, I'm done? Why Why does it have to be such a vulgar, aggressive split to the point of if because if I if I just walked in to your office and I was like, hey, I'm you know, I'm I'm out. It's not working. I'm going to do some other things. Oh. Why would I cut my ties with you and the biggest sports company in the world? Why well, would I go out like that? What as, sense does that make? Well, as a, as a 
businessman, you have somebody who's recognizable like Paul Pierce, right? Are you going to go, yep, I'm going to cut ties with you and we're going to do a buyout? Or are you just going to go, nope, I'm going to keep you on, but uh, I just won't put you on there. So you can't do any other platforms. He's going to go cool. So you think they went more aggressive to him, so that's why he came well, no, with he, this? He, he probably requested he wants out, but they're just probably like, no, right? You're, you, they don't want him to go anywhere else. No, you're not doing that. Cool. I'm just going to get fired then. Might as well. Okay. So, yeah, you have it like a conscious, like cutting a ties. That's the way he yep. did it. Yeah. So how, how can I get rid of this? Oh, I know. Do something that's not family friendly. Uh, I think he probably like, yeah, my perspective is I think he just didn't care what the result was. Like he's like, I th- I think, yeah, it'll I work think or it won't work. We look at ESPN as this like juggernaut. I don't, I don't think it is what it, what it used to be. Oh, definitely it might not, not be, but it's still, it's still the biggest in the game. Like, there's no question about that. Yeah, the thing but is, I mean, Disney like, runs it, right? So this the kind of stuff happens. He's got to be out. Oh, right? Disney had to had to do what they did because yeah. of what they've said in the past and how they've treated other people in the past. They had to kind of stick to that. And it's the employer's right at that point. But like you said, Nick, I don't think that he's really going to be hurt by this situation. I just don't that. get why don't, cut I, off 50% of your... What you could do in the future, why cut off all these arms that you could make money for with in your future? Now, you, now there's no, there's not a time Paul Pierce is going to be on national TV. There's not a time he's going to broadcast a game. He's never going to be a judge on anything like, you know, say all star or, you know, none of that stuff's going to happen. So w- that's why my thing is why not just walk in? And I understand the part of the, you know, maybe a contract dispute and stuff like that. But let's be honest, are these networks fighting to have Paul Pierce? Well, He's not that type of guy. Well, that's the other thing. But I don't know. Like, you're flatly saying that there's no chance. And like Nick was saying, there's other opportunities and yeah. other oh, avenues to go through, yeah, yeah. right? So, Thanks for listening to the Thirst World Problems Podcast. For more exclusive content, follow us on Instagram at Thirst World Pod. Make sure to subscribe, like, and share.